Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Talk some football with Chris Sims on loan from NBC Sports. Damian Lillard, the Blazers guard, in an hour from now. I mentioned something yesterday that people, uh, they questioned. Let's put it that way. I mean, I was going to say took issue with, but that sounds a little too serious here. When I said that LeBron, LeBron was asked about the MVP and he didn't really say much. Um, And I said, I wondered if somebody said to him, uh, who is the MVP of the NBA season? Because, you know, the Greek freak's going to win it. But I'm curious if LeBron thinks he's the MVP. That's what I wanted to know. And I said, I think LeBron thinks he's the MVP. LeBron's not going to win it. But I think LeBron, in his mind, just about every year that he plays, he thinks he's the best player in the NBA. But I wasn't saying he's going to win. I just said, in his mind, he probably thinks he is the MVP. And should the story of a player, his age or what he's overcome, those kind of things, how much does that factor in with the MVP? Because the MVP is really, you had a great season and your team won. It always helps if your team is winning and also if it's a news story. You know, Steve Nash was a news story. He should have won one of those MVPs, not both. Uh, Kobe won an MVP and LeBron should have won it that year. Uh, Shaq should have won it one year when Steve Nash did. But sometimes it's the story that's attached to it. And I don't know how much credibility, credence, love that LeBron's going to get based off the story that, hey, at his age, leading the league in assists, 
going out west where everybody said, oh, let's see what LeBron does when he goes out west. He went out west. They have the best team in the west. And I still think the Greek freak is going to run away with this. Uh, you know, LeBron will finish second here. I think the Greek freak is going to do double duty. I think he'll be the defensive player of the year as well. But this goes back to, can LeBron use this as motivation the way Jordan did? And I know, here we go, LeBron and Jordan, but Michael took it as a slight when Carl Malone won the MVP. He's like, oh, you think he's the MVP? And of course, they faced the Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals, and we know what happened. Charles Barkley wins the MVP. Oh, you think Charles is the MVP? They face the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. LeBron can get his retribution. Make it to the uh, Western Conference Finals. And then if you run into the Greek freak, that's what you do. You close that other team out, that guy who was the MVP. And that's what Jordan did. And those two times when he didn't win the MVP, and those guys did, and he met him in the uh, NBA Finals, he ended up beating him. And nobody ever took him to uh, seven games in the finals. But, you know, LeBron has had an unbelievable season. Uh, a great season, considering where he was last year, where this team was last year. And, you know, losing Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley is going to hurt because it's all about depth here. Uh, Patrick Beverly went back to Los Angeles, a family emergency here. And this is a team that might be as deep as anybody. Might be the deepest team. The Clippers. And if you start to lose players and when they can come back, and I know it's a long haul here because you're going to be there for a couple of months, but to be able to have that core with you is going to be so important for these teams. We got an update on Zion Williamson from the Pelicans this morning. He's not back with the team in the bubble. They don't have a set date for when he will return, although they expect to have more information in the coming days. He left due to an, a family emergency. His quarantine period and return to play status will be determined by the NBA based on league protocol pending various factors. So something that we found out an hour ago. Uh, phone calls are welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Uh, let me see. Twitter handle at dpshow. The Timberwolves are up for sale if anybody's got some uh, spare change. The Minnesota Vikings owners, Ziggy Wilf, uh, I guess they're the leading candidates, uh, according to uh, sources telling ESPN. Glenn Taylor, the uh, billionaire, is uh, set to sell. There's several bidders for the team. And uh, it looks like Kevin Garnett is trying to form a group to purchase the team. Kevin Garnett did not get along with Glenn Taylor. And I'm sure that he would love to be able to buy that team. Although... I think Glenn Taylor is going to do well when he sells this team. He bought it for $88 million back in 1994. He's seeking at least $1.2 billion for a team that's been valued at close to $1.4 billion. Taylor told The Athletic he will not sell the team to a group that wants to move it out of Minneapolis. People have inquired who are interested, but they want to move the team. They are not a candidate. We've made that very clear. But uh, the Wilfs bought the Vikings from Red McCombs back in 2005 for $600 million. The franchise's value is now well over $3 billion. These are really good investments. 
And it goes back to what I've said all along about billionaires. There are a lot of billionaires, but there's only a select number who own sports teams and even a smaller number that own NFL teams. It's rare when you sell. Normally you're selling because you have to. And, you know, there are billionaires who don't want to be famous, but then there are billionaires who do. Hey, I'm a billionaire. Nobody knows me. Hey, I'm a billionaire and I own the Washington Redskins. Like Daniel Snyder is so caught up in the fame, the publicity, being a celebrity because he owns the Washington Redskins. Because nobody knew of him before this. And then once you own a team, then people know who you are. Mark Cuban. Mark had a billion, and I think he doubled that. Might be worth maybe close to $3 billion, But he loves it. David Tepper. He's got, I don't know, $10 billion? I didn't know him. Steve Ballmer, I was at least aware of him. Steve Ballmer became famous. He had $20 billion. But then there are guys like Warren Buffett who has been on this show and said, I don't want that scrutiny. Like, I don't want people to dislike me. And that's what, I mean, think about it if you, you buy a team. Like if Derek Jeter came back and was part of the Yankee ownership there and things went bad, then all of a sudden you got fans who have been cheering for Derek Jeter for two decades or longer. Or if Don Mattingly had gotten the Yankees managerial job, and I was worried about that because I thought if he comes back, all these people that love Donnie baseball, and then if things don't go well, then these fans turn on you. You know, Dan Marino's involved with the Dolphins, but he's not out in front as an owner. I think he's a consultant. But if you could own the team that you grew up loving, but then you know you run the risk of people not liking you or turning on you. But if I'm a billionaire, you have to decide, do I like being a billionaire in anonymity or do I want to be famous? Because there's a big difference in that. And you find with a lot of these guys, there are a lot of billionaires, but only a few, select few that can own these particular teams. I was looking at the, you know, the value. The, the Cowboys are the most valuable franchise in all of sports. $5 billion. Uh, and you got other you know, teams in there. Uh, got some soccer teams in there. Uh, you got the Yankees in there as well. But you know, you buy something for eighty-eight million, and all of a sudden you turn it around, and you're going to you know sell it for one point two billion. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Paul. So the hypothetical is one of our any of our families somehow came into a monstrous fortune where you could absolutely your family could afford to buy a team. You're Warren Buffett's son. And it's a great investment. So from an investment standpoint, no one's going to complain. Would you, anyone in this room, want to buy a team? Part two, would you buy your team or any team? I would only want to buy an NFL team because it feels like that's, they, they're in the business of making money. And if, I, if I'm a billionaire and I can own a team, then great. Uh, you know, I don't know how much money you're making. I saw where the uh, the Packers, you know, since they're a publicly owned team, uh, they you can see their financials. And they came out, I think they made uh, $500 million last year. <laughs> yeah. So let's say you, you have to spend $200 million, So you still walk away with $300 million profit. That seems like uh, 
Pretty good, pretty good business transaction. Yes, Todd. I would buy the Broncos in a second. I'd run the risk of if the team ends up being bad. I would just love that opportunity, even if I end up being hated because the team went on a slide. But right now they're three and five in Super Bowls, and if the team I grew up since I'm seven years old rooting for, I can get them over five hundred and get them some more Super Bowl titles. I would love that. Chance. But you might have to fire John Elway. That's a whole other story. That would well, be extremely no, no. You're the owner. Team. I mean, you may have to fire John Elway. He's got you, a very long leash. That would but, take a lot to me to tell seven. But, to hit but the then you might not be a great owner if you won't get rid of somebody who maybe hasn't done a great job. I love John Elway that much. I might accept mediocrity with John Elway still in the front office. That's your, is that your opening statement <laughs> when you take ownership of the team? We will accept mediocrity. That would be my press conference. It's yeah. like you know, if we only go eight and eight or nine and seven, <laughs> as long as I got seven next to me, we'll make it work. Yes, yeah, he. See, the benefits, though, of owning, say, a minor league team rather than a gigantic team like that is you don't have to fire John Elway, you know? And you're, it's a, I think there's something really appealing about minor league ownership rather than a big, massive enterprise. But are you interested in making money? I already got money. Oh, I know, but that I got, didn't, I got that, billions of dollars. That I, doesn't I got stop money. these guys. Yeah, that doesn't stop the, those guys. But there is something to be said about uh, something on a more local level. Yeah, but That's baseball's fun. doing away with minor league baseball teams. Well, it's because of a pandemic. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think when we get through the pandemic, they're going to be doing away with baseball teams, minor league baseball teams, unfortunately. Yeah, McLevin. Oh, I would buy any team in a second. Imagine if you won a title, you got to be on a float and you got to speak to the crowd. The upside is so huge. It's like <laughs> almost like you're a player no, who won. Nobody wants to hear from the owner, by the way. They... I mean, you've seen the print. Yeah, they still get up there. I don't care if anyone wants to hear. You get to maybe have a good joke about how you hired Steve Kerr or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's worth So you want to win just so you can get on a float. <laughs> That's what I Honestly, I think it'd be the coolest thing ever. And also, I want to build an apartment that overlooks the, the field. You ever seen that? Like, I want to, I want the coolest office ever with, like, I can sleep. I can wake up and watch my team. Oh, love it. Yes, Todd. I love that. I've always dreamed of like being like pulling up into the Broncos offices and having some giant office with Broncos stuff all over and then looking out the window, looking down at Mile High Stadium through like the glass window of my office. But would be don't dream. you have that at your house? Okay. I have like a makeshift thing. I've created like little <laughs> things in the basement where I, I've, but it doesn't come anywhere near. Imagine looking down right there at the, at the stadium. Oh, that'd be so good. Oh. Mile high. Yeah, and big horse. I think I was Seton. I think I'd probably end up buying like a CFL team, you know, way up there north and, and somewhere you can go visit and help out and mm. do good things for the community. But you're not necessarily getting the the wrath. You know, if you're if you're if you're on the Montreal Canadiens, you're taking heat. If you're hockey, it seems much more important. Yeah, but I want something that matters to people. Yeah, but I, well, I, I, you know, minor league sports or local sports mean a lot to people. Yeah, but if I bought the Toronto Maple Leafs and they haven't won in decades, but they came back and won, then I've, I'm changing people's lives. And that's really what I'm trying to do. That's my mission is to change lives. <laughs> Just hand out cash. One life at a time. Yes, McLovin. I have a list of recent sales and every NHL team goes for like $200 million. The Maple Leafs went for $1.3 billion. Aren't they like the Yankees of Canada? They're they're a mot- and people love to hate them. So well, the Canadians have more success. They would I, be the Yankees. I think the Maple Leafs uh, they sold for twice as much as any other. I know, team. but the Canadians yeah. win like the Yankees have have won. I've heard that people Toronto talk, doesn't yeah, win. 
They're like the Yankees. Like everybody is, they're the Nash, they're the Cowboys of Canada. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that. <laughs> yes, Paul. Real question, Dan, as an Ohio guy, if you really truly had the funds and the no, the Indians, Reds, Bengals, and Browns were all for sale, but you could pick one of the four. I'd buy the Browns. Wow. Yeah. A lot of upside. Yes. That's tough. What if you don't win? Then you're just another Browns owner who couldn't win. Well, they're used to that. So they can't get that mad at me. I'd fit right in. You should buy the bat. Imagine how low the bar is in Cincinnati, though. Yeah. The, well, the Brown family is not selling that. They don't sell. You know? They don't. Uh, I still go back to that Super Bowl when the Giants won and uh, Steve Tisch, one of the owners of the Giants, got up there. You know, people don't want to hear from the owner. Like, they're, they're okay to hear from the owner because, hey, you helped us win a title. You know, when Mr. Rooney got up there on the podium and started talking about, you know, with the Steelers winning, you know, people love to hear it because, you know, they've they created a dynasty there and one of the model franchises. Steve Tisch gets up there and... You know, my motto is always don't give up the microphone. You can't give up the microphone on the podium because I'm on a time crunch of I've got two questions here, two questions here, MVP, coach, and then see you. I almost lost control because Steve Tisch, big guy, grabs the microphone and he's trying to pull it away from me. And it was, and I, I don't have any strength, but at that point I had, you know, that in an emergency kind of strength, I had desperation strength. You know, where you lift the car off somebody? That's what I, I needed because Tish was grabbing the microphone and pulling it over as if he was going to do live at the improv. And I am hearing from my producer in my ear, don't give up the mic. Don't give up. And he's grabbing it and pulling it. I'm going. And then he started talking. I, like he finally realized I wasn't letting, letting, letting the microphone go. And then he was talking and then talking. And I realized. I got to now pull it away from him. Like, uh, and, and congratulations once again, Steve and the New York Giants. And let's bring in Tom Coughlin here. Oh, my God. And you know that they're just saying, like, because we have the greatest <laughs> fans in the world. World, world, world. And we are so happy to do this for you. <laughs> and, oh, just stop. Yeah. Well, Robert Kraft, when he would get up there. <laughs> eh, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> That does seem, Dan, you've done it a bunch of times. It seems like a great honor, which it is. Remember, you didn't tell your family and they got yeah. to see you up there in that gigantic stage. But I'll bet in the moment you're like, let me get out of here clean. Just yes. let me get out of here clean. And you hand the mic to your producer at the end and a That's gigantic it. exhale. That's it. You get up there and you just want to do it clean. No mistakes. You get off the stage. Get on the stage. If people don't even know you did it, that's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Because people go, oh, you handed out the trophy? I must have did a pretty good job because nobody remembers back, anything. Back to Al and Chris in the booth. Yeah. Let's go back up to Bob Costas. Bob. But you're up there, and all you want to do is make sure you got the traffic. You know, commissioner's going to be here. I got to introduce the commissioner. I got to hold the microphone. He hands the trophy. Then I bring over the owner. The owner tries to grab the microphone. I say, no, he can't have the microphone. And then I hold it back and then two questions and then uh, move on. Let's bring in uh, the MVP. And then you bring in the MVP and let's bring in the coach and let's bring in the quarterback if he's not the MVP. And once again, the Philadelphia Eagles, underdogs no more. You're your Super Bowl champs. Let's go back to Bob Costas. That's it. And it feels like it goes that fast. And there's so much going. Remember when Kevin Hart was trying to get on the podium? He's yelling and screaming, so I can see him trying to get up. Like, he's yelling. 
And as if I'm going to go, hey, let Kevin Hart come on up here. I mean, it, it's not that kind of atmosphere there. It's it's a serious, let's, like it's not even a celebratory feel when you get up there. It's more of just, this is how we do it, let's do it, and then uh, let's have some confetti, and then we all go home. But, and then uh, Jeffrey Lurie, when he was up there, when the Eagles won, and he said, hey, uh, I know you got to ask me two questions, but just make sure uh, I, I get the microphone to say something at the end. <laughs> well, now I'm nervous. This is prior to the trophy being brought up. And uh, so I said, uh, hey, once again, congratulations, uh, Jeff. And I asked him uh, one or two questions. And then I thought that he said what he wanted to say. He grabbed the microphone and actually took it out of my hands. And he just wanted to acknowledge his parents who were no longer alive. I mean, it was a nice moment, but I thought I, I saw that microphone leaving my hands in slow motion. I go, I'm in trouble here because he may wax poetic for five or 10 minutes, but he, he was respectful. And then he just wanted to acknowledge his parents. And I grabbed it back. Yeah, McLovin. Let's face it. The Eagles may not have that many shots. <laughs> he had to get that in there. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. Chris Sims will join us coming up. I want to know his thoughts. When you start to look at these rookie quarterbacks trying to get acclimated, it's already difficult. And the obstacles are, you know, various. Now you got Joe Burrow uh, going into a situation or Justin Herbert or Tua. Like, what advice would he give these young quarterbacks, these rookie quarterbacks, whose first pass in the NFL will be their very first pass. No preseason games. 21 after the hour. We'll get to phone calls as well. This is the Dan Patrick Show. I had the Traeger grill fired up last night because, you know, of course, during these tough times, troubling times, I'm doing some cooking. And uh, I had the Traeger, and uh, we were doing uh, spare ribs. So I just put them on there, set it about 200, left them on there for a few hours. Then I could check on my uh, phone, the Traeger app, check the temperature. See how the, the uh, spare ribs are uh, for uh, working out. Text Chad, our friend from Traeger, just to let him know what I was doing. My advisor, <laughs> I took a picture, you know, just let him know how they're looking. Had a little rub on them, and good to go. Like I bring it in like a, a conquering hero. Like look at what I did here. I didn't do anything. I just follow the instructions. And that's nice before they lose you for the sports season. Yeah, if you want to uh, have the best game day spread on the block, you can head to your local dealer today. or Visit TraegerGrills.com slash DP show. And remember that it, uh, you use the promo code Dan at checkout. You get free shipping with that. It's uh, Traeger, T-R-A-E-G-E-R. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS, all in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. I don't know if we jumped the gun or not, but we've already created our uh, Pittsburgh Blue Jays t-shirt on DanPatrick.com. Mothership reporting that the Blue Jays are going to be playing most of their games in Pittsburgh. Most likely to be playing their games in uh, Pittsburgh. So we, uh, we already mocked up a t-shirt there available for... All of those Toronto fans who won't be able to see their Blue Jays and maybe for the Pirates fans who get to see the uh, Toronto Blue Jays come to town. All right, uh, he's Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, former NFL quarterback. And let me start with the serious question. Where do you rank, do you think, with your family? Like, who does your dad love the most? <laughs> the, uh, I think he loves my sister the most, okay. by far. Okay. Yeah, she's... Uh, you know, the girl, she's daddy's girl. So I think, you know, she's, she's probably one. I'm, I'm probably third right now in my household. I would say Matt's probably second, you know? Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm low on the totem pole maybe with mom and dad's love of me right at this point. Okay. But what does Matt do that would rank him second above you? Who's now a big TV star. He's he's around more. Oh. He's still living in the same hometown, so he's at the house more. And mm. you know, my dad still is like, you know, I wish you still. I'm doing my dad voice. I wish you still lived here in Franco Lakes and 
you know, you can bring the kids over. And I'm like, what? But dad, I do a show at 7 a.m. every morning. Do you want me to wake up at what? 430, 4 o'clock to get there and do it? So, uh, yeah, I think it's maybe out of sight, out of mind. That's hurt me a little bit. Do you love your dad or your mom more? Oh, well, that's not even close. Mom. I mean, that's not even. Yeah. I mean, mom, come on. Dirty. I call her dirty Diana. Uh, She's the best. (laughs) I mean, first off, she was a great mom. And man, she had to deal with my dad for all these years and she's still with him. That just tells you how good she is. What was it like, though, when your dad came home? Your dad got beat up a lot. He got roughed up a lot of those years with the Giants. And uh, did he bring games home? Uh, Yes, he did. When they lost, he, you know, not that he was like, you know, mad or yelling at us or like treating us with disrespect. But when dad lost, you know, a game to the Philadelphia Eagles and Reggie White and Randall Cunningham, you know, there wasn't going to be any conversations in the car ride home back, you know, from the stadium. And then when he got home, he was going to usually he would pull up his chair. He would have this chair and he'd pull it up real close to the TV and he'd put his feet up and have the TV about six feet from him and watch, you know, highlights in the Sunday night football game, but never really say anything to the family the whole night. So that's usually how it went. Wow. All right. Yeah. That's all I wanted to know, Chris. Thanks for joining us as always. All we, right. We appreciate Good to see you guys. <laughs> uh, I was wondering with uh, these rookie quarterbacks, it's tough enough to get acclimated in the NFL with the speed and all the information. Um, if you're looking, you're trying to handicap this, Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, who's going to have the easiest transition, if you can even well, refer to it as easy? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not easy. You're right. No, no, neither or none of the situations are easy. But I do think when I look at it, I go Joe Burrow and Tua have an advantage, I think, over guys like Jordan Love, who's very raw and was in a very simple offense. Justin Herbert not a very complicated offense and creativity there up in Oregon. You know, Joe Burrow got coached by a guy that's an NFL offensive coordinator and Joe Brady who worked under Sean Payton. So I think he's going to have a good feel for how offenses are run in the NFL. And that's kind of the same logic I would use with Tua, Dan. You know, yeah, you know, that that Alabama offense, you watch it. It's got everything. And he's being coached by Nick Saban, tells you he's being coached like a pro. So I think those are the two guys – I would favor in that conversation more than the other because of what they came from. How are they going to be able it, Joe Burrow's first pass could be his first pass. You know, there's no preseason here. Right. Right. I know it, it's crazy. I, I, I know it's unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, Cincinnati's trying to deny it. We know Joe Burrow starting game one, week one, play one. You know, the good thing for him is he played a lot of football in the last two years. Like we talked about, he was in a pro style system. He's been around and played against a lot of pro players. That's the benefit of playing in SEC football. I mean, pretty much every team you play every week has got a few professional defensive linemen, a few pros in the secondary. And I think, you know, they'll, they'll, he'll adjust fairly quickly because I think he's very talented and smart. Yeah, it feels like that first pass is going to be a little drop-off pass to Joe Mixon out of the backfield. That's, no doubt. Right? A little icebreaker. Here, here, A.J. Green, here's a three-yard pass. You go do something with it. But the preseason, we know it's necessary for the rookies just to get kind of acclimated to the stage and teammates, the bright lights, the whole thing there. But if you're a veteran, how much are they going to miss the preseason? Uh, not, not a whole lot. They're not. Now, I think the other wrinkle you have to throw into this conversation, too, is we'll see what the rules are set up between the NFL and the NFLPA and 
how many padded practices they're going to be able to have and how many times they'll be able to go full contact. You know, that's going to be a big part of it. But it's something that bothers me. It's something that's not being talked about right now, you know, is the kind of the player safety issue. I think you're going to have more players coming into training camp out of shape than ever before. You know, no matter how most of these guys, yeah, you're working out at home, but it's still not like being there in the facility, competing against guys every day that you're working out with. A coach is yelling at you, doing all those things. So uh, to get back to your question, it's imperative for the rookies, the second year, the third year guys, all those guys who just don't have a lot of snaps under their belt. You know, those are big reps. And that's why, you know, I know the one thing that my coach friends have told me is they're disappointed or scared that there's not going to be enough 11-on-11 contact-type drills when training camp does come around, which, of course, is going to hinder those type of guys' abilities to make the team and things like that. But also Cam Newton, here is a veteran, but coming back from injuries and then joining a new team and, oh, by the way, replacing Tom Brady. Yeah, I know. That's a lot of moving parts there. You're right. Now, the one thing is of a guy like Cam Newton – you know, he knows he can play. He knows he belongs. It's going to be more about, you know, him getting this this New England system, which is as complicated as any in football, and getting a grasp of that. And then I think the big thing is, too, that, you know, and again, New England, their brain surgeons is the way they think and tactically attack things, which I'm sure Bill right now is thinking about, you know, how can I make the most of an 80-man roster with all these rules of COVID-19 and do that? I'm sure he's surgically dissecting what he wants to do. But, yeah, then part of that question, too, and what makes New England so great is, you know, they'll formulate the offense around Cam Newton and the fact of, oh, he does this good. All right, let's find 20 different ways to do this. And then, oh, he doesn't do that well. All right, we'll work on it, and maybe we'll just infuse it in the offense here and there. That's where they're really great. And, yeah, they're a little hamstrung by this, but they have – these type of Cam Newton plays in their playbook. I'll say that, Dan. That, they definitely do. You know, this is the most extensive playbook in football. It's just I think there's going to be more of a, you know, a primary, uh, in, you know, primary thought of their offense this year as in years past it was trickery. He's Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host with Mike Florio and uh, former NFL quarterback. Yeah, you start to look at certain situations here. Uh, Dak Prescott is in camp or going to be in camp, but you know he gets a franchise tag, and then you don't get that long-term deal. And and how does that not affect you? Whereas everybody else got long-term deals from Jerry Jones, and you know the Cowboys, I think, messed this up because they could have gotten him for what we would look at as as a bargain a year ago. Right. And, and and now, you know, they're going to pay top dollar. And then he bet on himself again this year. So he, yeah, how does this end with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott? I mean, it's either going to be the, the same story and they're going to be franchise tagging him again next year. And he's going to roll the dice on that, which, hey, rolling the dice this era, 2020 at the quarterback position, it's not like 1992 anymore, right? With all the rules to protect the quarterbacks, it's not a – as a dicey situation as it once might have been. So I can understand Dak Prescott's thought process. But, you know, what I worry about, let's see, just from the Dallas standpoint is, you know, kind of the Joe Flacco effect. Hey, Dallas, we know that offense has got talent. And what? They just got C.D. Lamb in the top 20 picks of the draft? So what I would be scared about if I'm a Cowboy fan or a Cowboy employee is, he has a huge year again statistically, and then the wins match it match it this year. And then you go, oh, man, 
Now we're going to have to pay him probably, you know, Patrick Mahomes messed up this conversation too a little bit. So, yeah, Dallas messed up in not getting out in front of this. I agree with you there totally. I do think Dak Prescott was probably being a little aggressive, what I've been led to believe and what he was asking for. And then I think with Mahomes signing for what he signed over the next two years, I think that certainly probably put a little wrench in that conversation too. I don't know if you saw this comment by Brandel Chambly on the Golf Channel, but he said Tiger is the most underachieving golfer of all time because of all the talent and that he he only won, you know, what he's won so far and that he should have won far more. And it and and it made me wonder is Aaron Rodgers going to be looked at it that way? Now, his resume is not the same as Tiger's, but you know, right. realizing Everybody says he's the most talented quarterback he's ever played. Right. And if he if he only ends up with one Super Bowl, will he be the least achieving or underachieving quarterback? Well, I, I think, yeah, I think he'll be viewed by many that way. You know, he won't be viewed that way by me. Yeah. And I think, you know, people, you know, you know, Dan, I know you're, you're a great fan. You got a great feel for the game. You know, I would have a hard time thinking you would think that way either. You're you're smart enough to realize that, you know, he hasn't had the most creative offenses around him and big time talent and shut down defenses. And he can't catch onside kicks against the Seahawks to go to the <laughs> Super Bowl and, and play defense too. So there's well, been a lot I, of I think things. the front office of the Packers underachieved right. as much as any front office in the last 20 I, years. I totally agree. I totally agree. And then of course, I think this year's, you know, off season was a debacle too, dear, where you got a guy that's still playing at a very high level. But, yeah, I think widely that's what he's going to be criticized. You know, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that I look at a little like LeBron James where he's going to be a victim of his own greatness to a degree because he brought some teams to the NFC Championship like in 2016 against the Falcons. They had no business being there, but he's Aaron Rodgers, and he could just carry his team there. But then they got overwhelmed by a team instead of like, oh, oh this team's not that great, so I'm Aaron Rodgers and I can overcome it. Uh, so I, in a lot of years of getting into the playoffs where I go, Ooh, the team was really average. I don't even know if they were a playoff team and they got in. So all those things are going to hurt him when it all comes said and done, but, uh, it won't hurt him in my eyes. You know that. Yeah. And Dan Marino went through this for a long period of time that he went to one Super Bowl, never got back, went to, I think one conference championship game after that. But we look at Dan Marino and say, did he underachieve as a whole? I mean, it sounds strange to even say it. I know. But, you know, where Brady overachieved because he wasn't a first round pick. And, you know, of course, his resume like John Elway almost underachieved by losing three Super Bowls. And then he won two because of Terrell Davis. Now we look at him and go, yeah, he's he. uh, Yeah, he achieved Joe Montana overachieved because he was a third round draft pick. Uh, Right. You know, Drew Brees, is he overachieved or underachieved? Well, yeah, you know, I think he's, I think he's overachieved really, but you know, it's about the support system. You know, that's where I look at it. And you know me, this is one of my pet peeves because we just all boil it down to wins and losses and we put it on one guy and you know, as great as Joe Montana is, right? I mean, Joe Montana is great. I don't know. He left the 49ers and all they did was go to NFC championship games and Super Bowls after he left, you know? So you look at that and you go, Oh, Okay. You know, yeah, there was a team there. There was a great coaching staff. There was a lot of things around him. He had an offensive system that was ahead of its time and things like that where, yeah, yeah, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers necessarily had the benefit of the doubt there, 
Dan Marino, hard to name too many great defensive players or running backs that were ever around him, let alone some of the other coaches that came off of that staff. There's no greatness there either. So it's a pet peeve of mine. It really does bother me. Uh, but I understand the conversations. And, yeah, that's why I try to get the Super Bowl rings conversation. I always try to, you know, make people think about it a little bit more. But it's like Russell Wilson is a Hall of Famer. He's overachieved in people's eyes because he was not a high draft pick here. Dak Prescott no. has overachieved in some way. Right. 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 Matthew yeah, Stafford I, underachieved. Um, Matt Ryan's going to be a Hall of Famer, but we might look at it and say he under like it's where you're drafted, how much you're getting paid that we start there and go, are, are you overachieving or underachieving? And usually starts yeah. with your draft selection. Well, you're right. It's a big part of the conversation, which is not fair either. You know, it's not, you know, I mean, you know, again, sometimes you misevaluate guys or, you know, uh, Tom Brady. You know, he was allowed to lift the weight and work on his 40 time before he went to the combine. You know, maybe he wouldn't have been a six-round pick if he didn't have that picture where he has no muscle and he ran a 5-2 40. So, you know, he could get some of that blame too. But, you know, hey, listen, it's a great conversation. It certainly is. What do you, you know, think Brady, I, what do you think Brady runs a 40 now? Probably – I think he's probably faster now than he was then, which is really crazy really? and odd. I, I do because I think he actually works on it now. I don't. I think there was a period in his career where he just said, "I'm a great thrower and I can shuffle in the pocket and I don't give a damn about anything else." And I heard him make some comments a few years ago where he was like, "All right, I want to start sprinting and doing those things because if it is third and three and they play coverage and double team everybody, he wanted to be able to run for four yards." I think he's got more running yards towards the end of his career than he does early on, but like. <laughs> It's not. He's not breaking five flat, Dan. I don't think he's breaking five flat right now. That's that. That would be my guess. Can he beat Roethlisberger? Ooh, I don't think he can. I don't think he can. It'd be a close one. Now, Big Ben, I don't sure he's run a sprint. You know, since he came out for the combine. Uh, so they're going in different directions that way. But you know. It, yeah, it'd be close, but I think I'd give the nudge to, to Roethlisberger. Well, I'm trying to think who's the slowest quarterback, starting quarterback, because we know who the fastest quarterback is. Is Philip yes, Rivers? It's Philip Rivers, the slowest quarterback. Mm, I'm, I know. I'm sitting here looking at teams right now, and I think he could be in that conversation with Brady, <laughs> certainly. And I'm trying to look if there's just anybody else. I think you might have nailed it, though. I think it might be those two guys, really. I don't see anybody else that jumps out to me in that fashion. So I think I would pay. I would pay to see those guys race. Oh, I would too. I hear you. I mean, (laughs) yes. I mean, but, but again, it shows you, it's not about that always, you know, Brady's one of the best pocket manipulators we've ever seen in the sport, you know, as far as moving around, always staying in throwing position and having that sixth sense of what's around him. So you know, again, you don't have to be fast. If you can have quick feet and great body control and understand a few techniques of throwing the football, you can be really dangerous, just like Dan Marino. I mean, Dan Marino, I don't think he could have beat me, you know, in a race if I ran backwards in my prime. But, Dan, he can move those feet and fire that ball. It's great to talk to you, Chris. I uh, hope your status with your dad improves a little bit. We'll see. We'll see what I can do. I don't know. I hope I'm still in the trust and uh, can get some money when, he, <laughs> when he's done. <laughs> who, who gets the Super Bowl ring? Oh, uh, hopefully I, I just want Super Bowl 21. Hopefully I should get it. I was, uh, 
you know, my brother wasn't alive yet, so he shouldn't qualify for that. My <laughs> sister was only two. I was the only one there at the game. I should get that for sure. Thank you, Chris. See you, buddy. That's Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. Your phone call is coming up next. Damian Lillard, top of the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. National Hot Dog Day. We decided to uh, go get some hot dogs, throw them on the Traeger. I think some sauerkraut as well. Maybe some onions as well. But uh, sounds like a nice little uh, lunch, pre-lunch there. Brunch with some uh, some dogs there. Yeah, Paul. Remember back in the day we used to have Commissioner Selig, MLB Commissioner on, maybe half a dozen times a year with different topics. Yeah. And he would call us from the parking lot of his local hot dog place yeah. where he would get 
uh, two dogs and a Coke and sit there comfortably in the back of his car. Yeah, usually the uh, final hour of the show, and then he would be there getting ready to have lunch, and his lunch was usually a, a hot dog. I think I bought it for him one time. I, did, I paid for it. It was less than 10 bucks that I paid to uh, buy the commissioner hot dog. All right, uh, a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Weston in Kansas City joins us. Hey, Weston, what do you have for me today? How's it going, Dan? Good, First sir. time caller, 62180. I actually... Yeah, can't do it, Weston. Uh, your, your phone is breaking up. Uh, Jeff in Detroit. Hey, Jeff. What do you have for me today? What up, though? One time for my people in chat row. Blasphemy, Dan. Blasphemy. <laughs> How can you... Uh, I'll put it to you like this. It's like dropping a fat kid off at Fat Cap in a food truck, asking for a deep dish pizza in New York. I mean, all of these things you just don't do. A Jumpman logo on a Detroit Pistons <laughs> uniform, that is just the worst, man. I mean, I, I, I really got to have... <laughs> I, I I'm love gonna just it. leave it alone. I love it. I know, right? It's it's it's, it's horrible. I but love my question it. to you my question to you is this though. Do you see some type of uh let's say hard knocks deal coming out of uh the bubble because I mean we've never seen anything like this. It would be interesting to get like a behind the scenes perspective on what's going on there, you know, the rookies trying to get acclimated to what's going on. You know, I, I could see a thirty for thirty coming from this. Oh, I think there's gonna be a thirty for thirty on the entire sports year. Thank you, Jeff. And sorry about your pistons wearing the Michael Jordan logo. But I think it's gonna be a documentary. And, and we don't know how it ends. We're in the middle of this. Who knows what's going to happen with college football, uh, pro football, uh, you know, even high school football coming up in the fall that you're going to probably have, you know, some states who are going to not have uh, high school football. And maybe they move it to the spring. Maybe they can move it to the spring. But I think the entire year is one thirty for 30. Yeah, Tom. And how long baseball and basketball even last? We know it's uh, starting, but... You know, a lot of people, especially baseball, they don't think they're going to get anywhere near the World Series. Well, I'm going to try to be optimistic with this, and hopefully they have the safety precautions in place. It's, it's been a pretty good week for testing. And, you know, hopefully we've learned some things and that, you know, that, that, that's just going to be what is required. And you got to be vigilant. They're going to have to be vigilant. There's no wiggle room. Brian in Texas joins us. Hey, Brian, what do you have? Hey, bud. Hey, um, I just uh, saw the look in on the uh, Pittsburgh Blue Jays T-shirt, and I saw your reaction to seeing it as well. Maybe a little concern about another cease and desist letter, yeah, or possible lawsuit. I was going to maybe suggest you removing or have them remove the DP logo off the back. That way, if they come to you with that, you can say, "Hey, I didn't do it. It was the mm. guy." Mm. You know, well, I can't. I can't throw the Danettes under the bus. I mean, I can, but I, I choose not to. I'm going to distance myself. Thank you, Brian. I had no prior knowledge of that T-shirt. But if you'd like to buy it, it's on DanPatrick.com. <laughs> I can put the blame on maybe one person, but I'm not going to, Seton. There is no reason to do that. Nope. Not at all. All for one, one for all. <laughs> we'll check in with the Blazers' Damian Lillard. He'll join us from the bubble. Coming up, final hour, Dan Patrick Show. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. 
It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.